What is good, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Tuesday, February 16th, man. I'm hoping all you guys are doing good so far in this early week up until this point, man. Hopefully, all you guys have a nice, enjoyable week ahead of you, man. I'm praying for all you guys through the good and the bad. I'm definitely praying even harder for you guys that are going through these snowstorms, especially down south and these power outages, man. May you guys stay safe and may you guys be as comfortable as possible as you guys get through those, man. But I just hope all you guys are doing good out there, man. And just know, you control your destiny. You are the author to your book we call life, man. Every single day is an opportunity for you to get better and evolve yourself. Just like a snake sheds its skin, we must shed our old mentalities. You must grow. You must evolve. Trust me, it's a grueling and it's a tough process, but the rewards at the end of the day are a lifetime achievement, man. So just keep pushing, keep striving, man, and just be the best version of yourself each and every single day man and just know that it's always light at the end of the tunnel better days are always gonna be there you just gotta keep striving for everything that you want in this life man and shout out to serena williams and naomi osaka they will play tonight i believe um which should be a, a fantastic matchup between two of the best to do it and of course you know serena to me is the greatest athlete of all time naomi definitely is on her way up there but shout out to those two hopefully all you guys tap into that man hopefully all you guys are just doing good out there man man. Of course, we're still dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, man. Please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Please wear a mask anytime you're in a public area or public setting surrounded by a large group, crowd, or gathering. And the most important part, again, I know a lot of you guys out there are dealing with snowstorms, but for those of you that aren't, if you have any type of sunlight or sunshine, wherever you are at on the globe, Please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays, a.k.a. sunlight on your skin, because I promise you, the sun kills all viruses. And the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. So go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin, because I promise you, it'll help you not contract the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. But again, man, I hope all you guys are doing good, of course. We are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It needs to stop point blank, period, man. But getting right into today's topic at hand, I want to go back and talk about both of the teams that competed in the 2020 NBA Finals, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers, who of course won this series in six games, and the Miami Heat. Now, both these teams, a lot of people won't admit it, but both these teams have looked fatigued in this season so far. The Lakers aren't necessarily in bad shape. Of course, they're 21-7. They're in second place in the Western Conference, only two games behind the first place Utah Jazz. By the way, the Jazz are playing phenomenal basketball right now. Give a lot of credit to Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell and especially Jordan Clarkson for balling out. But again, the Lakers are 21-7 and in second place. The Heat, however, are 11 and 16 they're in 10th place and a lot of people are panicking and overreacting a lot of people saying our finals run last season was a fluke and all this yada yada it wasn't we won fair and square we were the better team headed into every matchup that's just how it goes but i'm not even worried about that we're in 10th place in the eastern conference luckily we're in the east because if we were in the west it would be a long uphill battle to get back into the thick of things but we are in the eastern conference Again, we're in 10th place, but yet we're only two and a half games behind the fourth placed, fourth placed Boston Celtics. So we're not necessarily in panic mode just yet. But I got to say, man, both these teams have looked fatigued 
in this young and early season. And going with the Lakers, start, starting off with the Lakers, even though the Lakers have been winning games at a high rate and they're still clearly one of the best teams in the league, it is evident that some of their players that competed in the bubble, and that's the majority of their roster, and won the finals last year, are evidently fatigued. Because I'm looking at them, last week the Lakers played three overtime games against against two teams that they're clearly better than. The first game was against the Detroit Pistons at home. The other two games were against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And of course, they're clearly better than OKC, a young OKC team at that. And I was watching those games and I was just like, okay, these guys aren't going as hard as usual. A, a credit to Alex Caruso and a couple other players, Dennis Schroeder, you know, of course, Montrez Harrell and the other additions that they picked up. Those guys are more fresh than the other guys on the team. And LeBron... One thing I know about LeBron in his career for the most part, especially the past couple of years, is that he never goes a full 100% in the regular season. Why? Because he knows that the playoffs are the most crucial time when it comes to the season because that's when you're competing for a championship. So he's going to turn it up a notch. He goes, you know, zero dark 23 and all those good things. This year, though, even though LeBron is playing at an MVP caliber level, you can still tell that LeBron isn't going his normal regular season pace. He's playing a little bit under his regular season pace, and it's been evident. Again, he's shooting the three ball more. He's not necessarily going to the rack as hard as he usually does. He's playing more conservative than ever. He's you know defaulting and giving up the ball to Dennis Schroeder more. He's giving the ball to Alex Caruso more. Now, when it comes to Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis did suffer an injury a couple nights ago when they were playing in Denver against the Nuggets where they ultimately ended up losing, AD, it came out that he had um, suffered a calf strain and he had a re-aggravation in his right Achilles, and right Achilles tendinosis to be exact. Now, if I'm the Lakers, I'm playing this as safe and as smart as possible. You know why? Because without Anthony Davis, the Lakers are not nearly as good of a team as they are with them. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not a playoff team. I'm not saying they still wouldn't be competing for a championship. Obviously, they would. If you got LeBron, you're always going to be contending for a championship, even in year 18. But Anthony Davis, as we all know, is a huge piece to this Lakers team. And Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the National Basketball Association. So if you're the Lakers, it's, they, they said they're going to be re-evaluating him in two to three weeks. That means he's, he's just going to get checked up on. They're going to you know have him rehabbing and stuff like that. The injury doesn't seem like it's too big. But again, you want to play this safe because AD does have a somewhat you know sketchy injury history he didn't he hasn't dealt with a lot of injuries in his laker tenure of course he's only been there for a season now or a season and a half i guess you could say now but play is smart the lakers are good enough to win a lot of regular season games even without anthony davis with the new acquisitions especially with again dennis schroeder wesley matthews i personally love what montrez harrell has been bringing them this season because what Montrez Harrell has given the Lakers so far in the season, it, it kind of reminds me of what Dennis Rodman brought the Bulls back in the 90s when he joined, you know, that second part of the 3P with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because he gives them a new energy. And when you're a championship team, it's always going to be teams around the league that are trying to get better and are trying to knock you off, like the Brooklyn Nets this year with adding James Harden alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Montrez gives the Lakers a whole new energy, a whole new vibe, and most importantly, a whole new hunger to get better and to strive to get yet another championship ring. Because once you get a ring, I'm not saying that you get complacent because you see guys like Tom Brady, who of course is one of the greatest, you know, compete for more. But 
you can get a sense of stagnant. You can get stagnant just a little bit. And I don't I don't think that's going to be the case with the Lakers, but I love what Montrez Harrell has brought the Lakers so far because he has been a defensive anchor. He's given them a whole bunch of energy. He gives life to the team, especially in a year where we're dealing with the pandemic. You know, the players can't even go outside their hotel rooms. They got to stay inside. They can't leave their homes when they're playing home games. They got to be as cautious as can be. So Montrez gives them an entirely different energy boost. But with that being said, though, they probably should look to add another player in that front court just because... Like a lot of Laker fans, I have not been too happy with what Marcus Saul has been giving the Lakers on the defensive end or the lack of effort he's been giving the Lakers on the defensive end. Now, Marcus Saul isn't bad. He's just older, of course, and so he's slower and he's not he's not he's never really been an athletic player, so he's kind of just, you know, going through the motions on the defensive end. Offensively though, he's been a huge spark. He's a great passer. He's he can shoot the ball to pick and pop. He can still pick and roll. He's just a playmaker on that end. So offensively, he's going to be fine. But you need a big man that can help you play defense and get stops, especially while Anthony Davis is not on the court and being injured and nursing an injury and my thing with the Lakers was I would have never given up JaVale McGee I know JaVale McGee is infamous for being on Shaq and the Fool for doing goofy things while playing on the basketball court but JaVale McGee was still a very solid player with the Lakers especially last season even though you know he didn't play in the series against the Rockets because they were small he did a, a pretty okay job playing against the Denver Nuggets and so on and so forth but forgetting that I just seen a report that came out that said the Lakers are searching the market to get another big man. And the name that came up was Mo Bamba of the Orlando Magic, who, was, of course, was a, a, a draft pick. I believe a first round draft pick in 2018, if I'm not mistaken, out of Texas. He played under Shaka Smart. He's kind of been in and out the rotation for the Orlando Magic under Steve Clifford. And so Mo Bamba could be a name that could be interesting and could be traded for. And I don't necessarily know what the Lakers would trade for. They probably have to trade like a draft pick in the future. But I wouldn't be mad at that. Why? Because even though Mo Bamba, just like Anthony Davis, has dealt with his fair share of injuries, he's still a nice defensive presence. I believe Mo Bamba is 7'3". So that's already a guy that's going to help you out a lot. I don't even think Mo Bamba is 24 years old yet. So he's still a younger player. I think that would help them out. But there's definitely some options out there for the Lakers to scour the market and be smart with Anthony Davis's injury. And going back to AD's injury, I would not play Anthony Davis another regular season game if I'm Frank Vogel until towards the end of the regular season. It's already been reported that he will not play another game for the Lakers before the All-Star break on March 10th. So that's fine. That's perfect. Give Anthony Davis as much rest as possible. Again, LeBron, even in year 18, is still great enough to carry the Lakers to enough wins to get them into the playoffs and get them a high seed in the playoffs, even possibly the number one overall seed in the West. But rest Anthony Davis for as much time as possible. Again, this past offseason was the shortest offseason in all of the sports, all of the, the main sports, professional sports leagues of all time. 71-day offseason is the shortest offseason, again, in the history of the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, and the MLB. I just had to repeat that because I don't think people understand just how crazy that is. You got to give your best players rest. Now, moving on to the Heat because the Lakers' problems aren't necessarily that big. The Lakers just need to play it safe with Anthony Davis. But moving on to my Miami Heat. My Miami Heat are kind of in a different type of predicament, but it is a predicament nonetheless. And it's not a major predicament, but 
things need to change in Miami if they want to even contend to make it back to the finals representing the Eastern Conference this year. Now, again, the Heat are 11-16. They're in 10th place, but yet they're only 2.5 games behind the 4th place Boston Celtics. Luckily, the Eastern Conference is nowhere near as good as the Western Conference, so the Heat are always going to be in playoff contention. Again, it is not panic time yet. Like the Lakers, the Heat did add in a couple new free agents in Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley, who, of course, have both been dealing with injuries. I think one of them had COVID-19. Uh, Mo Harkless actually did play a little bit last night. He returned from a thigh bruise with the Heat last night in a bad loss against the Clippers. I'll talk about that in a second. Also, of course, they drafted Precious Achua. So they do have a couple new faces. But aside from that, just like the Lakers, the players on the Heat that played in the finals sort of kind of look fatigued. Outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, everybody else who who plays significant minutes in that run to the finals, they look fatigued a little bit. Like, Goran Dragic, he's been dealing with the injury, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or he has COVID. I can't even remember. Sorry for not getting that information. But he hasn't played the past couple of games for the Heat. But Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson specifically, the reason that the Heat ran a 2-3 zone last year was to hide Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson on the defensive end. And this year, again, it was a short offseason. A lot of players didn't get a lot of time to work on their game and master their craft and perfect their craft and work on their weaknesses because it was only a handful of time left. But Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are still atrocious on defense. And I've been a guy that supports the both these guys. I love what they did in our run to the finals. They both hit some big-time clutch shots that are going to be forever etched in Miami Heat history. But they need to be better on that end. We lost to the Clippers last night, and the Clippers pretty much missed all of their best players. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They didn't have Paul George. They didn't have uh, Nicholas Batum. And... It was just an ugly loss. Lou Will, Lou Will went off last night. Marcus Morris, I think, had 32 points. Ibiza Zubak. Zubak had a phenomenal game. He almost looked like Shaq last night. I hate to compare him to the Diesel because the Diesel is the most dominant freak of nature the game of basketball has ever seen. But Zubak was dominant last night. And that leads me into another problem with the Heat. Not only do we have a defensive problem, even though we're missing some of our best defensive players like, you know, Avery Bradley. But aside from that, though, like... We have a rebounding problem, and not only that, we're still a very small team. And I know, Eric Spolstra is committed to playing four shooters, four guys that can space the floor alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam, or three shooters alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam, and then a five that can shoot the ball. And so, or a four that can shoot the ball, that can space out the floor for Bam and Jimmy to get their minutes. And so, in that four spot, we play Kelly Olenek. And I just want to say, as a Miami Heat fan, if Kelly Olynyk is still on the roster or if, he, if he's still playing significant minutes after the trade deadline, I'm going to be so disheartened in not only Eric Spolstra, but in Pat Riley and our general manager, Andy Ellisberg, because Kelly Olynyk has simply not been good at all this season. He Even going back to last year, he was consistently giving up offensive rebounds. He wasn't really good at getting defensive rebounds. And now he's not shooting the ball that well. And to top that off, he isn't playing defense at all like that. And so that concerns me a lot because that's our starting power forward. And Kelly Olenek, I'll be fair to Kelly Olenek. He did play fairly well in the bubble. But this season so far, he has not looked good. And honestly, he's looked like one of the worst starters in the entire NBA. And so we need to make some big-time adjustments when it comes to Kelly Olenek. And another thing, too, is 
when we lost to the Clippers last night, you could just tell it was evident with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson that every time Lou Will got a switch or every time Lou Will or Marcus Moore saw that they were being guarded by a Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, they were licking their chops because they were excited to go at those dudes because it is not a secret anymore. Those two guys cannot play defense like that. And I always say on this podcast, defense is an effort thing. You have to want to play defense. And I'm not mad that Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson couldn't guard Lou Will because Lou Will is one of the best scorers in the NBA regardless of how you perceive him. But at the end of the day, like, man, like, the defense that they were playing, it was almost like Olay defense. And when I say Olay, I mean, like, literally lifting the flag and just letting the guy run right past you. And that's kind of how it looked. And I'm just super concerned because at the end of the game, we made a run. And we were in the game all thanks to Jimmy Butler. We were in this game competing all the way down to the last few minutes. And yet, Eric Spolstra had to sub out one of Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson because he can't play them both because both of them are defensive liability. So he can only play one at a time. And for the most part of the clutch last night, he played Tyler Hero and then he subbed him out for Duncan Robinson. And it was just ugly because those two guys are so important to the Heat's offense. But if you're that important to the offense and yet you can't contribute on the defensive end, that hurts. It's pretty much like you're, you're canceling yourself out and you're not helping your team out in any way, shape, or form. And it sucks because you need those guys to contribute on the offensive end. And so I'm looking at it like, man, the Heat have to make some moves. They have to. It, it is no way that they cannot be stagnant and, and keep the same roster going into the trade deadline, I believe, is, in, is on March 25th, if I'm not mistaken. So they got to make some changes. And the first two moves that I would look to make are adding a point guard, and I mean a playmaking point guard, not just a scoring you know, guard like the league is today. You, you need a playmaking point guard that can set the table for these other players. Why? Because when you get a playmaking point guard, because I do like Kendrick Nunn. I'm not saying Kendrick Nunn is trash. I'm not saying Kendrick Nunn is weak. Kendrick Nunn is a scorer. And I think Kendrick Nunn needs to get back to taking better shots because he does settle for a lot of three-point shots. And that's another thing, too. With the style of play and with the offseason being so short and not a lot of players getting rest, I'm noticing that a lot of players are settling for threes because they don't want to go to the rack because they're tired and they just won't admit it. But with Kendrick Nunn, he's not a playmaker. He is a scorer. So, if you got another playmaking guard into the mix for Miami and not Goran Dragic because Goran Dragic is older, I would love to preserve Goran Dragic for the postseason. That's when we're going to need him again to be what he was in the bubble last season. But when you get a playmaker at the point guard spot for the Heat, that's going to be vital. Why? Because one, it's going to take a lot of weight off the shoulders of Jimmy Butler. Again, if you have not been watching the Heat ever since Jimmy Butler returned from having coronavirus... Jimmy has been practically carrying this team by almost averaging a triple-double. We don't need Jimmy Butler to do that in the regular season if you're a Heat fan. You need Jimmy Butler to do that in the postseason when it matters the most. That's the exact reason why he got us to the NBA Finals last season. And another reason why having a playmaking point guard is so important is because you give Bam more freedom to become a scorer. I see a lot of Heat fans complaining every single night that Bam needs to be more aggressive. And yeah, in some cases and instances, he does need to be more of a scorer. But at the same time, we're also asking him to be a playmaker because the only other playmaker that we have on the roster currently is Jimmy Butler. And the, the other playmaker that we have is Goran Dragic. And again, right now, Goran Dragic is not playing. 
So we need Bam to be a playmaker and get our shooters involved to get easy buckets and easy opportunities. But if you get a playmaking point guard, again, you give Jimmy more freedom and you give Bam more freedom to be scored. So I hope they're able to scour the free agency market or the trade market. I would love for the Heat to go out and get Lonzo Ball. I'm going to just say that right now. I'm from Southern California. I played against Lonzo one time. I've seen Lonzo growing up. Lonzo would be the perfect fit for the Miami Heat. Why? Because one, not only is he a playmaker on the offensive end, but two, he's not a defensive liability. As a matter of fact, he's one of the best defensive guards in the league, and that would just make the Heat's defense even better, especially playing alongside players like Andre Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Mo Harkless, Avery Bradley, who are all premier defensive players in the league. So that's another guy. And at the power forward spot, I've been hearing a couple different names circulating at the power forward spot. And I just want to say, when we lost Jay Crowder, when we lost uh, Dennis, or excuse me, Derek Jones Jr., I know that those moves were going to hurt. Even though we added Mo Harkless, Mo Harkless is solid, but he's not an offensive threat like those guys were. Derek Jones Jr. is one of the best offensive rebounds rebounders in the NBA, and he can shoot the three. And then Jay Crowder, we all know, is an important player, and he's an important piece, and he's already you know contributing to success for the Phoenix Suns. But now. I've been hearing a couple different names. And the biggest names that I've been hearing for the Heat at the power forward spot are Thaddeus Young and Blake Griffin. And me personally, I would much rather have Thaddeus Young. I'm not necessarily against acquiring Blake Griffin, but I'm super skeptical of what we would have to trade for just in case we'd have to trade to get Blake Griffin from Detroit because it is a possibility that Blake Griffin could be released and he could buy himself out of the Detroit Pistons and then Miami could just scoop him up. And so I wouldn't be mad at that, especially because Blake Griffin rebounds, even though he's not as athletic as he once was. He shoots the three ball pretty well. So I wouldn't be against that. But I think Thaddeus Young fits the mold to a T. And it actually kind of hurt me last night because I seen a report that said, that the Heat actually thought this offseason that Marcus Morris Sr., who plays with the Clippers, had they thought the Heat thought that they had a chance at getting him, and they thought he was going to end up being on the roster. And I just want to say, man, if we had Marcus Morris Sr. on the roster, that would have been a picture-perfect fit to play alongside Bam Adebayo. So it kind of sucks that we weren't able to pull off that move. But nonetheless, though, it is some good options out there. I'm not against getting Blake Griffin. Thaddeus Young would probably be the guy that i go after, but they have to make a move. Another guy who's also on the Chicago Bulls, he's kind of dealt with some injuries throughout his career. He is a seven-footer. He can shoot the ball. He's an okay defensive player, but he goes by the name of Lowry Markkinen. Lowry Markkinen is another guy that Heat fans need to seriously watch out for. I think Lowry Markkinen would give us some much-needed production on the offensive end, and he's a pretty solid rebounder too. So I think that he just need to be careful. Do not stay with this roster. This roster is not going to get you back to the NBA Finals. This roster is not going to compete with the Brooklyn Nets, who, of course, are probably the best team in the Eastern Conference. This roster might not even... I hate to say this, but I don't even think this roster is constructed to stop the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, let me say this too. I do think we could beat Philly in a series, in a playoff series with this roster. I'm not saying we can't. I'm just saying right now, the way that Embiid is playing, we need to make some adjustments on that defensive end because we're not going to stop Joel Embiid with just a single player. Bam, as great as a defender he's going to be, I wouldn't want to put the full plate of guarding Joel Embiid, you know, solely on the shoulders of Bam out of bio. That's going to be a team effort. But right now, I'm not worried. I'm not panicking. I'm not stressing out. 
I'm just saying moves need to be made, man. And they need to be made as fast as can be because right now this roster is just not going to get the job done. We're currently on a West Coast trip, and I think we're, what, 2-1. and one. We have one win against the Rockets. We have two losses against the Utah Jazz and last night against the Clippers. I think our next game is against the Golden State Warriors, and then we play, I believe, the Lakers after that, and then we play the Kings or something like that. So we're still on this West Coast trip, but we have to make the most out of it. Again, we're still right in the thick of things. We're only 2.5 games behind the 4 seed. The 4 seed. Right now, we're in 10th place, and we're only two and a half games behind the 4 seed. So I'm not worried i'm not stressing but i'm just saying roster upgrades need to happen in miami we are not necessarily going through the same things as the lakers because the lakers let's be honest the lakers have haven't had what any covid cases come out of their out of their roster they've pretty much been healthy for the most part outside of this new anthony davis injury so we're not necessarily in the same boat but man Hopefully, we're able to just get our team fully healthy, man. I can't wait for every Bradley to return. I can't wait for Goran Dragas to return. I would love for Andre Iguodala to not play as much because he's another player like Goran Dragas that's older, and we need to preserve him for the playoffs when it matters the most, so we need to make some roster adjustments, man. But as always, man, I appreciate you guys if you made this far, man. As always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us for all your sports news and needs. I am a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writer slash blogger slash journalists we are again at nuts and bolts sp on both twitter and instagram go follow us go show us love for all your sports news and needs i am also featured on nuts and bolts sports podcast network alongside a whole bunch of other content creators and podcast hosts so please go check us out on our wonderful sports podcast network as well for all the sports podcasts that you need for whatever sports that you love i promise you nuts and bolts sports has it all for you guys man and as always shout out to my other podcast that i'm on that i do with my guy ben called inside the lines that breaks down all the latest and trending sports topics out there so go check us out on there as well and of course man this has been another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast man as always please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that's how we share grow and expand the podcast you guys be safe out there you guys get better today and as always always i will talk to you guys soon peace love